Chapter Twenty Nine of Dogs and All About Them. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Dogs and All About Them by Robert Layton. Chapter Twenty Nine: The White English Terrier. This dog, one would think, ought by the dignified title which he bears to be considered a representative national terrier forming a fourth in the distinctively british quartet whose other members are the scottish the irish and the welsh terriers possibly in the early days when pearson and rucroft bred him to perfection it was hoped and intended that he should become a breed typical of england he is still the only terrier who owns the national name but he has long ago yielded pride of place to the fox terrier and it is the case that the best specimens of his race are bred north of the border while instead of being the most popular dog in the land he is actually one of the most neglected and the most seldom seen at the kennel club show of nineteen hundred and nine there was not a single specimen of the breed on view nor was one to be found at the recent shows at edinburgh birmingham manchester or islington nor at the national terrier show at westminster it is a pity that so smart and beautiful a dog should be suffered to fall into such absolute neglect one wonders what the reason of it can be possibly it is that the belief still prevails that he is of delicate constitution and is not gifted with a great amount of intelligence or sagacity there is no doubt however that a potent factor in hastening the decline is to be found in the edict against cropping neither the white terrier nor the manchester terrier has since been anything like so popular as they both were before april eighteen hundred and ninety eight when the kennel club passed a law that dogs ears must not be cropped Writers on canine history, and Mr. Rawdon Lee among the number, tell us that the English White Terrier is a comparatively new breed, and that there is no evidence to show where he originally sprang from, who produced him, or for what reason he was introduced. His existence as a distinct breed is dated back no longer than forty years. This is about the accepted age of most of our named English Terriers half a century ago before the institution of properly organized dog shows drew particular attention to the differentiation of breeds the generic term terrier without distinction was applied to all earth dogs and the consideration of color and size was the only common rule observed in breeding but it would not be difficult to prove that a white terrier resembling the one now under notice existed in england as a separate variety many generations anterior to the period usually assigned to its recognition in the national portrait gallery there is a portrait of mary of modena queen consort of james the second painted in sixteen hundred and seventy by william wissing who has introduced at the queen's side a terrier that is undoubtedly of this type the dog has slight brown or brindle markings on the back as many english white terriers have and it is to be presumed that it is of the breed from which this variety is descended apart from colour there is not a great difference between the white english terrier and the manchester black and tan but although they are of similar shape and partake much of the same general character yet there is the distinction that in the black and tan the conservation of type is stronger and more noticeable than in the white in which the correct shape and action are difficult to obtain 
it ought naturally to be easier to breed a pure white dog from white parents than to breed correctly marked and well-tanned puppies from perfect black and tans but the efforts of many breeders do not seem to support such a theory in connection with the english terrier whose litters frequently show the blemish of a spot of brindle or russet these spots usually appear behind the ears or on the neck and are of course a disfigurement on a dog whose coat to be perfect should be of an intense and brilliant white it appears to be equally difficult to breed one which while having the desired purity of colour is also perfect in shape and terrier character it is to be noted too that many otherwise good specimens are deaf a fault which seriously militates against the dog's possibilities as a companion or as a watch birmingham and manchester were the localities in which the english terrier was most popular forty years ago but it was mr frederick white of clapham who bred all the best of the white variety and who made it popular in the neighbourhood of london his terriers were of a strain founded by a dog named king dick and in eighteen hundred and sixty three he exhibited a notable team in laddie fly teddy and nettle mr s e shirley m p was attracted to the breed and possessed many good examples as also did the rev j w mellor and mr j h murchison mr alfred benjamin sylvia was a prominent dog in eighteen hundred and seventy seven sylvia was bred by mr james rucroft of bolton who owned a large kennel of this variety of terrier and who joined with his townsman joe walker and with bill pearson in raising the breed to popularity in lancashire bill pearson was the breeder of tim who was considered the best terrier of his time a dog of fourteen pounds with a brilliant white coat the darkest of eyes and a perfect black nose it is apparent that the whippet was largely used as a cross with the english terrier which may account to a great extent for the decline of terrier character in the breed wiser breeders had recourse to the more closely allied bull terrier mr shirley's prize-winning purity was by tim out of a bull terrier bitch and there is no doubt that whatever stamina remains in the breed has been supported by this cross the following is the description laid down by the white english terrier club head narrow long and level almost flat skull without cheek muzzles wedge-shaped well filled up under the eyes tapering to the nose and not lippy eyes small and black set fairly close together and oblong in shape nose perfectly black ears cropped and standing perfectly erect neck and shoulders the neck should be fairly long and tapering from the shoulders to the head with sloping shoulders the neck being free from throatiness and slightly arched at the occiput chest narrow and deep body short and curving upwards at the loins sprung out behind the shoulders back slightly arched at loins and falling again at the joining of the tail to the same height as the shoulders legs perfectly straight and well under the body moderate in bone and of proportionate length feet feet nicely arched with toes set well together and more inclined to be round than hare-footed tail moderate length and set on where the arch of the back ends thick where it joins the body and tapering to a point and not carried higher than the back coat close hard short and glossy colour pure white coloured marking to disqualify condition flesh and muscles to be hard and firm weight from twelve pounds to twenty pounds
End of chapter 29